Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook em Up, 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Yes, ma'am. You had better. Well, hey, let's get them up, get them going. It's Tuesday on Hook 'em Up with Ian Rod B. 20 of February. We've got uh, quite a lot to talk about. Five hours. We'll uh, fly by this morning as we crank it up talking Texas hoops. Certainly was not a thing of beauty last night as far as basketball goes. Aesthetically pleasing basketball at the, Irwin, at the uh, Moody Center. But a win is a win for the Longhorns right now in Big 12 basketball. Uh, we'll certainly talk about it as the uh, Longhorns get a big night from Dylan Sue and a big win in the Big 12. Also a huge game down in Houston. Top 10 matchup in the Big 12 down in H-Town. We'll get you details there. Mainers Jamal Shedd, the key in a Cougars victory. we got baseball. We've got uh, football, of course, because football season never dies here on uh, Hook'em Up with Ian Rod B. And a lot to do as we get you rolling on this Tuesday morning, as we say, 20 of February. And we appreciate you being there wherever you find us. Maybe it's on 1019 FM. Could be AM 1260. And certainly always appreciate you finding us on that Horn app, which you download to your smartphone. You find us with a touch of a button wherever you are in the 512 all over the great state and all over the world. Uh, What's going to be a beautiful Tuesday in Austin, Texas, in the great state. Appreciate uh, our man Rod Babers making his way into the Horn headquarters right here in South Austin, the OC compound. He is, uh, of course, out of the 512 and DB High down there in Houston, Texas. Also uh, starred at the University of Texas in the 512 at DBU, four years in the NFL, and now 16 or 17 now, great years doing media uh, in the great state. And right here in Austin, Texas, he's the proud papa of Baby Monroe. He is the football theorist. He is Blackstradamus. Good morning, Rod Babers. Hey, what's up, brother? I appreciate the intro and the hospitality. Uh, yeah, lots to talk about today. And uh, congrats to Texas uh, men's basketball because uh, they are still now firmly in the tournament uh, right now as it stands after that win. An ugly win. U-G-L-Y. Uh, no alibi for that ugly win. But, hey, sometimes you got to win ugly in the Big 12. Uh, we'll get into that. We'll also talk some uh, Texas football, yep. co- go behind the burnt orange curtain. Um, there is, as always, drama with the Dallas Cowboys. We'll explore that. Oh, boy. Uh, and Roger around the day. We'll get into that, too, and talk some Cowboys. Uh, lots of NFL discussion. Before we get started, as always, shout out to those who serve because our society built on the selflessness of service. So we appreciate each and every one of you out there. Uh, we know it's an honor, but also a burden. Those who are serving our society in any capacity, God country, our community. We really appreciate it. We give that shout out each and every morning. Soldiers, first responders, teachers, nurses, watching the news right now. Uh, got some folks out there uh, doing uh, doing God's work, and we appreciate you. No question about that. And uh, each and every day, including this Tuesday, uh, Ty Henderson is back in the uh, in the big seat and running the show back there in the T-Y. Horn headquarters. T.Y., how are you, my friend? Uh, doing all right. Doing all right. Doing- all right. We missed yesterday. Thanks to Brock for stepping in and uh, yeah, making it happen yesterday. We're ready to roll on a Tuesday. Let's, uh, if you missed the game last night, let's get you caught up on the news of the morning, including the Longhorns' win at the Mood. 
Top Gun Reynolds and Lonequin bring you the top stories of a Tuesday. Start with Texas Hoops. And yes, as we say, certainly was not a thing of beauty, but in a big Monday home tilt that they absolutely had to have. The Longhorns held on for a 62-56 win over Kansas State last night at Moody Center with both defense and poor shooting dominating the night. It was Dylan DeSue that led Texas to the W. The senior forward from Pflugerville scored 20, including four big free throws and a dunk in the final 36 seconds to help the Horns improve to 17-9 overall. They're 6-7 in Big 12 play, good for eighth place in the conference. Major props to his fellow senior Max Aismas last night as well. The senior from Dallas had a poor shooting night, only scored eight points, but a foul line jumper he hit with 14 minutes to go in the second half took him over 3,000 career points. He's just the third player in Division One's men's history to record both 3,000 points and 500 assists in a career. Pretty amazing. Next up for Texas, a trip to Lawrence, Kansas this Saturday afternoon to face the ninth-ranked the ninth Jayhawks. That's coming up Saturday at 5 o'clock. Fifth-ranked Texas women are back in action tomorrow night at Moody Center. Those are the uh, Texas Tech Red Raiders there in a big one. They've won six in a row. And uh, also in the Big 12 last night on the men's side, a top-ten matchup down in H-Town. How about Maynard's Jamal Shedd? He was tremendous. The senior guard scored 20 of his game-high 26 in the second half to lead the second-ranked Houston Cougars to a 73-65 win over sixth-ranked Iowa State. Win moves Kelvin, Kelvin Sampson's group into sole possession. A first place atop the Big 12 standings. They are now 10-3 in Big 12 play. In baseball, early season continues tonight for the 16th-ranked Longhorns. They're going to welcome Houston Christian to the dish for a midweek tilt. First pitch set for 6.30. Of course, they took two out of three over this past weekend from San Diego. Texas State, the Bobcats, swept Youngstown State this past weekend to start the season. They're going to travel to Fort Worth tonight for a nice early season tilt with TCU. In racing, at long last, the Daytona 500 belongs to Hendrick Motorsports once again. William Byron took the checkered flag at a rain-delayed and then race-delayed uh, Great American race yesterday afternoon. Took the lead on a race start with four laps to go. The win snaps a nine-race losing streak for the team at Hendrick. Last Hendrick driver to win the Daytona 500 was Dale Earnhardt Jr. back in 2014. Horn headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. A new year and a new store. Come see our new beauty location at 200 Trademark Drive to rent, buy, or repair any construction and lawn equipment you need. TopGun.net. We'll shoot you straight. Uh, Dylan DeSue is, man, right now he's He's going to end up being an all first team all Big Twelve yes. player. I mean, right now, I mean that's and think about it, this is the most competitive, best basketball conference in the country. Um, he's he's unbelievable. I mean, he's easily their go to guy when they need a bucket, when they need a basket, when they need some type of you know kind of when they need that that mojo, they got to go to him. I mean, and he's been unbelievable. Twenty points again, eight rebounds, two assists, um, three steals, had a block. I mean, he's been he's been unbelievable this year. So yeah, that 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 improvement that even though it was an ugly game, he once again showed that he's one of the best players in the best basketball conference in the country. Yeah, uh, without a doubt. And uh, it was a frustrating game, no doubt. I mean, it was. I mean, and he shot just, what thirty, what thirty two percent, neither team six percent from the field, something like that. Neither team could hit water if they fell out of a boat, Rod. Oh, I mean, it was man, one of those kind of games. It was good defense meets bad shooting about yeah. offense, and it really. Now, let's keep in mind, this is kind of the way Jerome Tang's Wildcats play. Uh, they lead the Big 12 Conference, allowing the lowest shooting percentage of any of, of their opponents. So they kind of, they, they're not offensively talented or gifted, so they try to muck it up. They try to make it that kind of game. Uh, that's their way of, of you know, they make it a rock fight where they can, where Texas likes to be a little more open, flowy, and, uh, and a little higher scoring. Uh, but, you know, you give Jerome Tang and, and K-State credit, they got this game into the style of game they wanted. And um, to your point, it was Dylan DeSue who uh, mm-hmm. uh, did a great job. I mean, he was the clear difference in the, in the basketball game with, with made, made 10 of 11 free throws, uh, had that big dunk late with 36 seconds to go. And uh, in one, you just, you know, 
you know, you know, uh, a baby only a mother could think is pretty. You know what I'm saying? It was ugly. You take the no, W. You got to well, You got to win ugly. And you're right. Actually, it was a triumph because they played K State style of basketball and still were able to win the game. And it was a, a must win for them. They looked they looked a little worn out still from that U of H game a little bit. Um, so yeah, both they, teams with quick turnarounds. Yeah, they got to find a way to bounce back. They still looked like the legs were a little tired. Uh, yeah. the three point line. I mean, what they shoot fifteen percent. From the three-point line? Yeah. yeah well, 15.8% from three-point line. this, Rod? First, first no half, legs. both teams combined to go 20 of 62 from the field in the first half. It was hard to watch. Three for 22 from three-point. It, mm. it was a brick fest. It was. It, it was, was a brick fest. That was, that was hard to watch for a while. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you got to give them credit. DeSue was clutch. They found a way to win. And that's what you got to keep doing because to keep their tournament hopes alive. Yeah. I mean, they're okay right now. I think they're, they're good. In the projections. You know, if it were a football game, you just talk, you know, one of those low-scoring defensive efforts where uh, both 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 teams are off a little bit. But you just got to find a way. And to get to six and seven, we talked about this was an important game for for Big Twelve tournament seeding. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you if you can stay in where they are, which is which is eighth place. Uh, the bottom four teams in the Big 12 are going to have to play a play-in game, essentially, at the Big 12 tournament, which you want to stay out of that, obviously, if you can. Uh, so this is a nice win for that. And as we said, the rest of the way, you have to you have to win your home games, and then you have to try to steal a road game. Uh, that's really where the Longhorns sit right now with five games to go. Yep. Uh, you still have Oklahoma and Oklahoma State at home, which are absolute must-wins. You cannot lose those games on your home floor. And you go to Kansas, you go to Waco, and you go to Texas Tech, and go to Lubbock. you got to try to steal one of those games if you can. And if you if you do, you're gonna get to 20 wins. If you can go, you know, four and two down the yeah. stretch here, excuse me, uh, you know, f- find a, find your two home wins, win one of those road games, you can get to 20 victories in the regular season, which assures you a spot in the uh, Big 12 tournament. Yeah, I mean, uh, in the Big Dance, I should say. They got to get the backcourt going too. I mean, well, I know no this wasn't. Yeah, they're right now. Uh, this is the second game in a row where the uh, Tyrese Hunter didn't shoot well, and uh, Max Aismas didn't get up there. He, he made history, um, but the, the first half for the for the I think for both of those guys, they, they struggled. I think they were like one of seven shooting in the first half combined. Got like five points. They got to be able to start quicker uh, from the Texas backcourt too. Yeah, they both played 37 minutes, Aismas and Hunter, and we talked about how they just got absolutely dominated on Saturday by the yeah, Houston backcourt. They got to start better than that. Uh, but, you know, this, and this is a – you know, anytime you're going to face – they're going to face length, which, you know, K-State has a, has a long backcourt and long guards – and that's going to give Texas trouble. But in the end, I mean, uh, you know, nine points for Hunter, eight points for Aismas. They got to um, get a they, – yeah, they got to have a better game plan. Neither – and they didn't – neither of the two made a three-point shot. Uh, they were 0 for 8 combined. And the Longhorns were just 3 for 19 from three as is. The only, the only person to make a three last night essentially was uh, Phil Horton. He made a couple. And yeah. uh, Brock Cunningham made one. But, yeah, again, it was a you – know, it's one of those games you just chalk up to a win. You, you, your offense was bad. Your shooting was bad, but you had Dylan DeSue, who was your big horse down the stretch, man, and it took, a, you to, took you to the victory. Yeah. No, man, he's going to – the way it stands right now, I mean, the Big 12 obviously has a lot of great players, but I think he's – I think right now he looks like he's a first-team all-Big 12 player. He's going to be in there for that conversation. Yeah. A lot of good players in this conference, but he uh, yeah, he fills up there. the stat sheet on a night-by-night basis. He and, really you know, does. even in the Houston game where they were completely, you know, outclassed, um, because their backcourt got skunked for the for for forty minutes, he was actually the the a key figure. And yeah. look, everybody in the Big Twelve knows it. He's a three level scorer. Yeah, both ends of the floor. Yeah, and you know, on, on a night where you know K State did a good job of taking away his three point barrage, you know he can shoot threes. 
Uh, we know that, but uh, he didn't make one last night. He took it down low and um, you know took his game into the paint and and led the way with 20 points. Only the Longhorn in double figures last night in the victory. I was actually yeah. watching both games last night because they both tip off at 8 o'clock this game and the one down in Houston with the Cougars in Iowa State. That was a hell of a game. Did you watch uh, it? No, yeah. yeah. That was a great game. I really – I mean, that – uh, I, I keep saying, when you, whenever you watch Houston, that's a team that win the national title. It really is for Kelvin Sampson. I mean, I know UConn and Purdue are one two right now, uh, but Houston's right there, and they're one of the key reasons that Jamal Shedd, uh, Maynard's Jamal Shedd, is an absolute uh, stud. I mean, and, you know, yeah. when you're looking for for gritty points, for big points in games, leadership, somebody yeah. to to step up in a big spot. That yeah. guy for the second rank Cougars was awesome last night. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, willing his team to a victory. He, after the game, it was uh, T.J. Otzenberger, the uh, head coach at Texas at Iowa State, said, "Man, that guy's amazing. A guy with his competitive spirit and his fight, his drive. You know, when he's going to go to the foul line, he's going to cash in, make sure his team is successful, and certainly did that tonight." Kelvin Sampson has said Jamal Shedd from Maynor, Texas, is like an extension of their coaching staff on the floor, Rod. Wow. Yeah, the, f- the floor general. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, so, I mean, yeah. he he he's played so much college basketball, uh, gets his team in the right spot. That's that's the kind of guy that can help you. you know, he's going to be a player of the year candidate, big picture. Uh, certainly Big 12 player of the year candidate, probably the leader. But, man, that was a big performance. Because, I mean, that was number six against number two. The winners yeah. in sole possession of first place. And that's the Cougars now at 23-3 and three and 10-3 and three overall in the Big 12. Pretty awesome game. But they have an identity. They do. They have an identity and a style of play that they have, you know, basically championed. And they are refined that, that refined style of play, and, and you know, kind of bringing it back to Texas. I don't know if Texas has an identity really um, as a team. That's a good question. That's a good I point. It, well, I, Desu is the identity. I mean, it's, he's he's pretty much it. Um, I don't know if they have one yet. They still have time to to you know cultivate one, but um, it doesn't really seem like they have a I don't know just their unique style and identity just yet. And maybe they never really have it. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's a good point. They kind of played to their like just like last night. I mean, K State wanted to be an ugly, you know, rock fight. They wanted to muck it up, and it was. It was an ugly game. They found a way to win it, um, but you know they they don't dictate the terms and dictate the tempo of games very often. They they adjust to it. Yeah, and react. It's a good it. point. It's a good good way to put it. And I think it comes from their small at some level their smallest backcourt. But I will say this for Hunter and Aismas last night they didn't shoot great. Uh, but they competed last night. The, unlike, I thought, against Houston where they just got overwhelmed and really got out, out physical and dominated, they actually competed. Uh, you, know, you know, Tyrese Hunter didn't shoot it great, but he was, you know, he was tougher with the ball last night. He was grittier in the, in getting rebounds and making plays. Uh, so you needed that from your backcourt last night. But your point about the identity is right on. I don't – I mean, what is it? It's, D- it's Dylan DeSue. It's Dylan DeSue. It really is. And, uh, you know, he's got to be their, their go-to guy. Yeah. Uh, and your, your point about Houston is right on. I mean, they, you know exactly what they are. They're relentless you on defense. They, you know what they are. They're going to beat you up. And the question for them, big picture, because their goal is to win a national championship, right? I mean, they've been to the Final Four now with Joe Kelvin Sampson. They're looking to, to cut down the nets. And, you know, UConn just – I don't know if they have the height to match up with UConn. U, UConn is, uh, yeah. once again, with Dan Hurley, you know, you know, big in the post, big at guard. And their, their height on the, on the front line is just – could separate them from a team like like Houston, but I'd like to see that matchup, and we may get it because uh, I think I think they and Purdue and and UConn are certainly on their way to being number one overall seeds yeah. when we get to the big dance come uh, 
come March. So college basketball taking center stage. We've got college baseball at the dish tonight. We've got uh, good conversations this morning. Also found some uh, early Super Bowl odds for next year in football, Rod. We're going to go behind the burnt orange curtain. We'll do that. getting you cranked up. And today's the first day where you'll start hearing about the franchise tag because teams can now uh, designate franchise tag or transition players for the first day. And, yes, players hate the franchise tag. They do. They think of it as a – a ring without the engagement. Yes. <laughs> Basically, because they get paid. They get a lot of money, but they don't get the commitment from the team. And ultimately, in the, in the NFL, man, you're – you're in your prime. Hell, you're always it. You constantly, as soon as you get to the NFL, you're basically starting your prime. The average NFL career is three and a half years, and you want to get paid as much as possible, and you want to have the security and commitment of a long-term deal with as much guaranteed money as possible. And this, uh, the franchise tag, I don't know how the, I don't know how the players' association allowed it to happen. And because teams can do it multiple times, it basically kind of allows teams to have more control over players for a longer period of time. And allow and allows them to, you know, keep them from hitting the free market, which is what they ultimately want to do. It's like, hey, man, if you don't want to sign me, if you don't want me, then at least allow me to go to the free market to get what I believe my value is. They don't get that. So it's trust me, as somebody who dated a woman for a long time before I actually <laughs> got married, uh, by about the fifth or sixth year into dating, she does the only ring she wants is the engagement ring. She don't you, you can't get a really nice piece of jewelry because she don't want that. She wants the engagement because she wants the commitment with it. That's how the players are. Think of that. That's basically what they are right now. So they hate this franchise tax stuff. They, they do. do. They do. Um, and, the, and the owners love it. If the owners love it, then the players should hate it because that means it's, it's not really good for the players. So that's it in a nutshell. But, like I said, they, they still get paid. They get paid, and they that's the, paid. that's the, what the owners say. Look, we're, we are going to be guaranteed to make the uh, yeah, the average of the top five players at your position for one paid. year. Yeah. Uh, so we're we're investing in you, and it's really just a way to keep star players on teams, right? Exactly. And keep them off the free agent market, as you yeah. said. Uh, and said, you know, and that's where all players want to be. They want to be where. 32 teams are bidding for their services, um, and, and you just takes one to, to give you that mega deal, right? And you, well, that's where you get overpaid. This is exactly <laughs> right. That's exactly, that's exactly what it is, yeah. That, they, they, they're handcuffing these guys, basically, for this, this one year. Um, but some positions I think it's good. I think it's good for running backs considering the market actually isn't kind to running backs. Right. Currently, <laughs> so, yep. Yeah, right. So if you're a running back, it actually helps. If you're a quarterback, I think it helps because they make such absurd money. Yeah. So if you're a quarterback and Kirk Cousins did it, Kirk Cousins was like, okay, franchise tag, I'm fine with that. I mean, top five money at quarterback, it's going to be really hard to be that because he's not an elite quarterback, so he took advantage of the franchise and then went to the free market after they franchise tagged him twice. He's probably manipulated the franchise tag better than anybody. So in some circumstances, good, but for the most part, uh, players don't like it. Well, and 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 for for Kirk, Kirk Cousins, he's got another dispute right now. There, there's talk of a possible Whoa. holdout for him, or some type of uh, because they're unwilling to give him another fully guaranteed contract. Coming off of Achilles' injury, hey, you know it, what? Fight for it, Kirk. Yes, fight. He's the only one that wants to fight for it. He's had one before. Good for him. Yeah. They should be more guaranteed deals. Um, yeah. So the Vikings are unwilling to give him another fully guaranteed contract. Man. He had a three-year, $84 million deal with the club. He signed in 2018, signed two later extensions. <laughs> uh, and he's scheduled to become an unrestricted free agent in March. Oh, man. And uh, two sides are – That dude knows how to play. He's 35, and he's coming off an Achilles. 
That's why he wants the guaranteed money. Know. He knows he's like, I can get hurt again next year. Yeah. And then I'm basically out of the league in two years. Like, nah, Well, the man. team's like, wait a second. We don't even know if you're going to be healthy. What are we doing here? Mm. Uh, so you want guaranteed money coming off an Achilles? Guaranteed. Uh, yeah. No, for fight him. for it. Good fight for, for it. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see. I mean, obviously some of the big names we'll be watching. Uh, Kirk Cousins likely, I mean, could hit the market. We don't know. Probably not. Yeah. But um, The Mike Evans thing is interesting. Oh, man. What's going on there in Tampa Bay? That's interesting. That's a – Because if he becomes a free agent, that – that could be a game changer for a lot of teams, and we all know who. He who shall not be named. We'll talk. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he could go to a number of different places. Actually, the Texans have the best odds to acquire Mike Evans if he is free agency, yeah, based so on the, the, game, the Vegas the, odds. Yeah, the betting lines. Yeah. Uh, the betting the betting markets. Yeah, throwing that out there because he is a Texas. Yeah. He yeah, is a Texas. Guy. By the way, I'm going to play something for you coming up. Uh, the, 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 it'll it'll be some levity yeah. on a, on a on a Tuesday where we need some coming off that uh, ugly basketball game last night. Uh, but yes, I mean the top, you know, like the, the big receivers are going to be Mike Evans. There's T Higgins, which we're not sure can 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 the Bengals afford he and Jamar Ch- Jamar Chase. Uh, Jamar Chase has already gotten a big big uh, big deal. T Higgins is is the you know he, the, they have two number one receivers there. The, the ownership claims that they're not letting T Higgins go. Yeah, and I don't know how they're going to work it out, but they claim they're not letting him go. Doesn't feel like it's sustainable to have two number one receivers making number one they, money. That's what they, like I said, I, that's and the number one plays. quarterback. I know. Yeah. Uh, it, and it, maybe that's just so they can get his trade value up. Yes, if they know a team really wants him. You're gonna have to give up a lot to get him. It could just be that. Also, Michael Pittman in Indianapolis, the Colts receiver. Um, you know, he he probably gets the tag. I mean, these are guys that are. I mean, that's. I mean, the the one name I look at on this list of, a lot of players. Of is, Antoine Winfield is a big one to me too. He's a Tampa. really good, really good safety. Um, the D-tackle, Christian uh, Wilkins. Um, From the Dolphins? Yeah, that's another bit. Jalen Johnson. People don't know him. That, that, that cornerback for Chicago, he's a really good player. He's one of the best corner, best young corners in the league. That's another guy. Your Saquon Barkley, I know you've talked about that. Yeah, that's the name that jumps that's out to me, one. Saquon Barkley, because I think he, you know, he's still only 26 years old. So Josh Jacobs. Uh, back. Remember a couple yeah. years ago, Josh Jacobs considered one of the top running backs in the league. Led the NFL in rushing yeah. a couple years ago. So, yeah, these are some names we'll watch. Today is the day teams could begin to designate franchise tags. And, of course, they have all the way till uh, now to March 4- 5th is the, the kind of the window to make these declarations a week ahead, about 10 days ahead of uh, the league year opening. The and Chiefs instance, won't allow Chris Jones to do it, but Chris Jones is due for a new deal too. I yes. Mean, uh, and they, he's an unlikely tag candidate because I think the number would be so absurd, but – the they got to sign him to a new deal too, and that could get I don't know that I don't know if they're willing to meet the number that he's throwing out there because I think he probably wants to be the highest paid defensive player of all time, period. Well, I mean he, he plays he's one of the, the the five best defense players in the league. I know that's and most most impactful, and I know we see him a lot because the Chiefs are on primetime all the time. But man, I mean you can't watch a game that he plays in where he doesn't have man. a huge impact. But in, in the it. Super Bowl, he's always been oh. big in the Super Bowls. Whole like, playoff run. I remember like specific plays. I'm like I don't think they win the game without that Chris Jones play. Yeah. <laughs> I mean getting getting in the uh, oh. face of the quarterback of I mean you know man. creating bad balls. He's you know, a man. Brock he's Purdy was a force. Terrorized by Chris Jones again mm-hmm. in the Super Bowl, and yes, I mean that guy wins your football games. That guy, I mean, we we talked about Micah Parsons, and I would talk about the Cowboys drama. You know, Micah Parsons talks a lot, but you know there are just a lot of games where he just doesn't show up, especially in the playoffs. Uh, do you ever say that about Chris Jones? No, I mean it's no, like Jones Jones shows up, man. Yeah, Jones Jones will show up yeah. every time. Wherever they have to move him along the line. Uh, just you know, wrecking games, and yeah. that's what's what you need from your star players. I used to, you know. 
you and I watched J.J. Watt do it in Houston for year mm-hmm. after year. Uh, just there, there wasn't a game where really a, even series where J.J. Watt didn't make a play. They wasn't didn't impactful. do something. Yeah, well, uh, and I, yeah, I agree with that. Uh, you know, those are the kind of players that that, that earn the money. Uh, without a doubt. I mean, you got to have them. Then if you have them, you don't ever let them get away, nope. and you pay them. I mean, Keep paying them. Those guys are – They retire as – and go yes. to the Hall of Fame yes. as whatever team they represent. 100%. Yeah. Uh, the Justin Jefferson thing is also getting interesting too. In Minnesota. Yeah, because apparently he wants to know who the quarterback is before he recommits to the team. It's fair. I mean, that's fair. It is fair. And he is basically kind of saying like, hey, well, you know, if I don't like the quarterback situation here, I might force myself – to, to the free market or at least demand trade, whatever it may be. So that's something to look at, too. He has committed to a long-term deal. Um, that's the best receiver in football, arguably. Yeah. And well, I think he is, and I think – He says it's not about the money, really. It's about that situation. Well, if Kirk Cousins is not back, I mean, if there's yeah. something up with Kirk Cousins, we just talked about him, well, who's going to be throwing the ball to me? Uh, where, <laughs> before I lock in here, what are we looking at here? Who's the quarterback? Got a plan? Let Got me know it. the plan. Yeah, tell Basically, me the plan. Yeah, let me in on the plan here. Then I'll, maybe I'll resign with you guys. Yeah. Well, it's going to be an interesting time. It's that uh, slow time in, in, with the, the post-football ahead of uh, uh, free agency and ahead of the combine, which is coming up uh, about nine days from now up there in Indianapolis. We'll dive into some football. Uh, certainly, I'll let you – got to play this uh, piece of audio for you in relation to Mike Evans, who could be, a, could be on his way out of Tampa. Really? Um, well, it's not, it's not about him leaving. It's a, it's a Jameis Winston piece of audio. Yeah. Talking about Mike Evans. Okay. Which, which I think you'll like. It's, okay. It, you know – when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jameis Winston needs a TV gig. He needs his own talk show, I think, or comedy show. Uh, no, Jameis Winston <laughs> is awesome. No, and he'll – I mean, he just shows up anywhere. I know. Well, and this says random things. So, yeah. we'll play that for you coming up. Rod will take us behind the burn orange curtain. We're talking Texas hoops. Longhorns with a night, uh, big win last night. It was, wasn't pretty, but it was a win. And the Longhorns found a way to get the W behind Dylan DeSue. We'll talk about what it means. Also, Texas baseball tonight. We'll get you a preview of that game. We'll get some what the facts for the end of the hour. It is a Tuesday on Hook'em Up with Ian Rodby, and we're just getting warmed up. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, hook them up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Hook them up on a Tuesday. As uh, Don Miller just informed you, uh, traffic is ratcheting back up. Everybody back from the President's Day holiday. So if you had that opportunity to uh, enjoy the day off, hope you enjoyed it. The weather was phenomenal. Great day to get outside and uh, enjoy some sunshine in mid to late February. On the President's Day. Now back at it on this Tuesday. Texas Oops. Not pretty, but a win for the Longhorns last night. They get the win 62-56 last night. Just Dylan DeSue. Just win, baby. Dylan DeSue, the uh, catalyst for a nice Longhorn victory at uh, Moody Center last night. Uh, should be nice weather tonight. Actually getting warmer as the week goes on. Rod, it'll be nice out at the dish tonight for Texas and Houston Christian. A little, mm-hmm. little baseball. Getting at the Yeti Yard. Getting the Yeti Yard. Yeah, we found out Yeti yesterday yard, from our man Brock that uh, the Yeti Yard is open to the public. You just walk on in. That's the, Wait, you don't have to have tickets? You do not have to have tickets. So it's like a formal Occupy left field then? Yes. 
Okay. Uh, it's just a, a and that's what Brock, yeah. Yeah, Brock was in. That, that's what he said. He had never been to Occupy Left Field until this weekend. And, uh, you know, just walked on in. Just walk on in. That's the that's, that's always been, like I said, the culture, of, the fan culture of Texas baseball. And I, I really am a little envious of it. I am a little jealous. Cause Texas come football, on, come on. Texas football is a very exclusive culture. Even even, even if you're in the know, you got to know somebody to get around, like on the sideline and get into, you know, the North End Zones clubs and all that kind of stuff. But uh, Texas baseball, no. Just get a ticket. Come on in. And you can enjoy Occupy Left Field. You can enjoy the Yeti Yard. It's awesome. Apparently Yeti is sell, not just selling Yetis there because they're Yeti Yeah, yard. BYOB. Yeah, but they're selling Yetis and they sell chairs. No, oh, come on, man. Like Yeti chairs? Yeti's I'm not sure those chairs. are like $500. Oh. Uh, I think they're like three eighty-five, <laughs> something along those lines. Yeti makes everything. No, they make dog bowls. I know. They, well, they, I got somebody bought me a Yeti dog bowl. Like Yeti makes everything now. Yeah, and they're, their technology. They're, they're one of those me. those great homegrown companies from right yeah, here in Austin, yeah. Texas. Yeah. Um, you know those those great coolers, and oh, yeah. now they're making dog bowls. I didn't know they had no, dog bowls. They, they make dog, they, <laughs> they make dog bowls. Like, I got two Yeti dog bowls at the house. Yeah, I didn't buy them by the way. They were gifts, but yeah. still, Yeti makes everything, baby. Whether it's uh, Tito's handmade vodka or uh, Kendra mm-hmm. Scott, I mean, so many local. Yeah. Local, local that have gone worldwide now. Blowing up. Yeah. Blowing up international, worldwide. International brands it's now. pretty awesome. Yeti's certainly one of them. Uh, which uh, that Yeti yard to be hopping. And think about it in a couple of weeks, March 5th, when Texas hosts Texas A&M, that Yeti yard is going to be packed. Well, didn't they say the capacity is like 140 140 or is the limit. Oh, man, they want to hurry up because apparently you can stay in there as long as you want. Just post up. It's oh, going to yeah. be – There will be so, people hanging out in there. Yeah, they want to expand that next season. <laughs> no, they really are. They yeah. want to expand it quick, fast. I mean, I know they got room for it. They want to expand that. I think it's way too popular. Yeah. It's yeah. going to be good. It's, it's going to be, be good. good. And, of yeah. course, uh, it was Jalen Flores, the uh, sophomore. Grand Slimes. Of there, a, to, yeah, the first game. Grand Slimes in there. Into it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, come on, yeah. man. Yeti always wins. How do they pull that yeah, off? They first do. night, they get uh, some hey. some uh, viral run with a Grand Slam into the Yeti yard. That'll be Smart folks working around there. tonight with Houston Christian. Actually, the better matchup is up in Fort Worth where Texas State will play at TCU. That's a good early matchup. I like that. TCU, the, the preseason pick to win the Big 12. Texas State's off to a 3-0 and start. That'll be a fun game tonight up in Fort Worth. So keep an eye on that ball game. Did you see the brawl between Incarnate Word and A&M Commerce? Yes, this on is ugly. Court? That was ugly. That was, uh, that was, that was pretty bad. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, A&M Commerce playing Incarnate Word, and then at the handshake line, a brawl broke out. What the hell, man? Yeah, like a real, like a real actual like, brawl between the teams like, on the floor. Like team-wide brawl. Yes, like coaches on the floor trying to break it up, and this thing lasted, look, it lasted a good 90 seconds. I mean, well, that's yeah. how, it's hard to get, I mean, there's no there's no authorities there. The security's all you know, oh, helping man. people, you know, and by the time everybody realized what was happening, it was a it was a full-on brawl. Ty, I just sent you the audio of this. Can we I'm play this? Read. I mean, this is, by the way, this is this is not the, this is not Craig Way calling this game let's just say that Craig Way and, and Eddie Oren over at UT <laughs> but can we play this there Ty here is the uh, the the radio audio of the a Southland Conference game against A&M Commerce and Incarnate Word that uh, ended ugly wow and with oh no this is not good this is really not good we've got punches being thrown this is really bad oh my goodness who full team fight, coaches in the middle of it. Wouldn't be surprised. Someone got a nick on the face there. This is not what you want to see after <laughs> that close of it a has game. been a great game. We've got everything going on right now. <laughs> we still have guys running after people. 
So yeah, that's the. Uh, oh my. That's Someone the scene. in the crowd was hurt and hit. Oh boy. Wow. It's mayhem. One of yeah, the five members of the crowd were, were hit, I guess. Yeah, that was at Incarnate Ward last hey, night down in San Antonio. Doesn't TJ Ford's son play for Incarnate Ward? I think he does. Was he out there swinging? Uh, I mean, it's just a melee. Did he, get a, did he get a couple trying in? Trying to look for jersey numbers here. That is wild. Yeah, you're right. There's nobody in the crowd, though. Well, I mean. Not really. That's good. I don't want anybody to witness that. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, the, the video will be investigated and I'm sure suspensions will be coming, but uh, that went on last night down in San Antonio and wow. we'll keep an yeah. eye on it. The, uh, the, the announcers, yeah, they struggled to find the words to describe. <laughs> Looks like someone might have gotten a, gotten a nick in there. Is that really what you said? Yeah, I think he said a nick. I'm like, what? What's a nick? Yeah. Well, and there's, yeah. I mean, and you know, I, I'm looking a at a, I'm looking at a view of a camera that's looking down on it. But you know, they're sitting courtside, so they probably can't see much at all. I mean, it's just a yeah. melee of people in front of well, them. Well, and, and a little bit more enthusiasm about the call. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> yeah. It's like it's a melee. It looks, oh, this is not uh, good. We, we this have is a not melee. Good. I'm like, come on, I need the energy. When Craig Wade did the runaway cart, oh man, you felt that. Yeah, we had a runaway cart here. It's like, come on, man, you gotta gotta get into it a little bit. So uh-huh. that, that, that was your chance to go viral. By the way, A and M, yeah, that's right. That was your chance. That, that was to go your viral. chance, bro. That was it's it. Still May. It's still May. <laughs> not, yeah. not for good reason. But not for good reason, Jeff. You had a great call, so I'd be like, man, this dude actually has some talent. Let's bring him up. Let's A uh, and M Commerce won that game, by the way. 70, yeah, seventy six to seventy. It matters. Yeah, uh, road win for them. But wow. then the melee breaks out. All right, real quick before we go behind the Vern Orange curtain for the first oh. time on this Tuesday, can I play this Jameis Winston audio for you? Jameis is so funny. I found this yesterday. So Jameis Winston is In- a goofball, intentionally and unintentionally. Sometimes I don't think he's trying to be funny. He's still funny. Well, this is it right here. So we're talking about Mike Evans, yeah. who's from Galveston, Texas. <laughs> And he's going to be a free agent, and you said the odds are best if he does hit the market, then maybe Houston. Houston's at the top odds uh, right now. Houston plus 300. Plus 300 Mm -hmm. to head back towards near his hometown. Well, listen to Jameis Winston, who played with Mike Evans in Tampa. Oh, man. uh, To start his career, here is uh, Jameis Winston, you know, just philosophizing. (laughs) So, uh, I think Texas receivers, they just, I feel like, they're they're different. But Mike is different. Mike is from from Galveston. I, I, I I always tell this to people. And this is something that me and uh, my trainer talk about a lot. If you are born around water, uh, you have a different way of life. You function differently. And I just I just feel like you function differently because water, like water has no soul. No, it doesn't discriminate against anybody. You get in that water, it's gonna take you wherever it goes. Yeah. So I feel like people that are around water, they they are very strong will. They're one with water. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And Mike is from Galveston. If you've been to Galveston, Galveston is known for, you know, I don't know what they're known for because I'm not from there, but I know they have a beach. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And it's, it's not a pretty beach. No, they're you know? known for oil. There's, uh, it, it's some of the dirtiest sand in America. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But it's not a pretty beach. Oh, so Mike is from that muck. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It might be oil muck. Wow. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But it's still muck. Wow. So, uh, so he, he, he's a little different. I don't, I don't classify him as like the regular Texas receivers. The, uh, but CD Lamb is a Texas receiver. I know he had a dominating year. <laughs> there we go. Jeez. Wow. That, that, that was amazing. The water has no soul. That water. He's from that water. The, water the, has the, no facial, soul. the facial expressions he's making during that video, oh, too. Oh, it's too to, good. To this it is fantastic. Oh, man. That is amazing. Barstool you know needs to hire him. If so, they somebody should. does, they should, I, I feel like they would take the chance first. So. Uh, just, I don't uh, even know what he's saying. I uh, still don't know uh, what he didn't even that meant. And I'll see. I think I kind of know what he means because they are Galveston people are built different. Like the, the athletes out there. We were just talking about this on all Texas football. They got some really good athletes that come from down there, from Galveston. You know this. 
Down to Gal- Galveston. around water. Water. <laughs> Galveston ball. Galveston ball always got grand plays. Yeah, that's where Casey Hampton's from. That's right. Galveston ball. Well, uh, we're going to have to pl- pull some wow. cuts out of that because I ain't from there. So I don't know, but they have a beach. They have a beach. They got a beach. <laughs> it, ain't no, it ain't a pretty beach. It ain't a pretty No, it's, it's not a pretty beach. It's not a pretty beach. They got yeah. to make a beach. Oh, man. Okay. Well, that was fantastic. We'll keep an eye on that. That might be some of the greatest audio I've ever heard. <laughs> we'll, we'll play that a couple times this morning because it's just fun to listen to. You'll it's hear a new great. part that you missed that the first time around. Hey, can we go behind the BOC Texas football here in, in uh, mid-February? Wow. And they were all asking themselves the same question. What, what? is behind that curtain. Wow. All right. Um, man, it's starting hard to recover from that. That water. I just want to, I'm just thinking about that. Patrick Mahomes probably knows that, too. I wonder if he shared his, his, uh, his theory with Patrick Mahomes so they could get Mike Evans there with the Kansas City Chiefs. All right, let's talk about Texas football here for a second. I saw a couple of articles, 247 Sports. I'll give them credit. Uh, Carter Bonds is the uh, the author of this article. Um, he ranked the best quarterback wide receiver duos uh, for the upcoming season. And uh, he's got a top 10. He's got Jackson Arnold and Nick Anderson at Oklahoma at number 10. Uh, he's got Will Howard and um, the receiver Ecuba. Um, he's, uh, he's got him, they at number nine from Ohio State, Jackson Dart of Ole Miss, and Trey Harris at number eight, uh, Shadir Sanders and Travis Hunter at number seven. Uh, but just fast forwarding here, he's got in his top three, he's got uh, Noah Fafita and Terry Arlo McMillan. Uh, from Arizona, he's got Dylan Gabriel and Tess Johnson from Oregon because Dylan Gabriel, yes, again, he uh, jumped ship to Oregon um, and is now in a really good situation there um, as number two. And he's got Quinn Ewers and Isaiah Bond as the uh, top wide-receiving quarterback duo in the country. It's really interesting because, I mean, Isaiah Bond is, you know, he's just a guy that projects to be, you know, first-round wide receiver. This guy had over 600 receiving yards for, with Bama. Um Projecting to be the number one. The last time Texas had the number one quarterback wide receiver duo in the country, or used to could make that argument, was Cole McCoy and Jordan Shipley. Uh, 2009 was the last time Texas was in the conversation for having the best quarterback wide receiver duo. If, if, if they're even close to being in that conversation. And Isaiah Bunn is projected to be the number one. If there was a, another guy on campus that I think would also project to be a number one right now for Texas, it'd probably be a Jonte Cook. Um, but, you know, right now, Jonte Cook is probably projected to be that number two receiver, but he does know the offense better than all these other transfer receivers they're bringing in. That's really big in trying to penetrate Sark's circle of trust. He's got a tight rotation of wide receivers. He doesn't expand it very often. And... From what I can gather, it's about the player's ability to learn the offense. And he's really hands-on with the receivers when he's coaching, and so he demands a lot of his receivers. Remember, he teaches all the receivers all the different positions. They got to learn X. They got to learn Z. They got to learn the slot receiver. They got to learn all the different positions um, within the receiver. And then he, because he wants to mix and match, and he wants his he wants position fluidity with the wide receiver position. So if you don't you know, certainly know what to do in all those given situations and all those given those different spots within his offense, then you're probably not going to play. 
And that's why I think the rotation ends up being really tight because I think it's a lot of information, especially for young wide receivers. Um, but Jonte Cook knows the offense really well. And then just because you transfer in doesn't guarantee you a spot in that circle of trust of his rotation of wide receivers. Think Isaiah Nayor. That didn't happen. Uh, think, you know, Tariq Milton, they brought him in. That didn't happen. So there have been guys who have been proven commodities that have come in and not necessarily been able to, you know, see those quality reps on the field at wide receiver. I do think he will expand his circle of wide receivers in the rotation this year just because they, you know, I, I think it's going to be hard to keep uh, Bond, Golden, Bolden uh, off the field. I think those guys complement each other really well. And I also think uh, Ryan Wingo, uh, that young freshman, is. I mean, I think he's going to get sprinkled in there every now and then. Of course, like we're talking about Jonte Cook, I think he could end up being the number two guy. So it's it's going to be a, an offense that's going to look a lot different because I don't. I, I know they got Amari Nablack and Gunnar Helm. I think you even could potentially see that red package that Sark. Uh, unveiled at Alabama. Now, you don't have four first-round wide receivers like you did when you had Ruggs and, you know, Devontae Smith and, and Jalen Waddell. And that, you, don't have, and you don't have that complement of wide receivers. But you do have a, a deep wide receiving core with a lot of proven commodities. I wouldn't doubt, and he hasn't broken it out since he's been at Texas, if he breaks out the red package. Red package is just a one uh, back, zero tight end. So it's a 10 personnel package, four wide receivers on the field, and you're just blitzing the opposing defense with speed. I think you might see it. Um, Sark is creative, and he's got a lot in his bag. Um, and when he's got a deep position, like he did with the running back position the last couple of years, he will kind of you know, tweak the system. Um, to make sure that he can weaponize that position. He did it with two two tailback sets and a lot of 21 personnel in the last couple of years because the running back position is so deep. I wouldn't doubt if he's doing that now with wide receiver because of the depth of it. Um, so that's another thing about uh, – also, uh, there was another article from uh, 247 Sports that ranked the top quarterback rooms in the country – and Texas was ranked as the best quarterback room in the country too. And I was thinking to myself, the last time Texas had the, you know, the, what could be projected as the top quarterback taken in, in the draft that following year, you have to go back to Vince Young. That was the last time Texas had a quarterback who could, you know, project to be the top quarterback taken in the draft. That's what Quinn has a chance to do this year. Uh, to be the top quarterback taken in the draft. And if you're the top quarterback taken in the draft, then, I mean, you're going to be you're talking about being drafted in the top five, in the top three, he'll potentially 1-1 one, one overall. That's the goal for Quinn. Uh, next time we go behind the Browns curtain, we'll talk about that and what leaps in an improvement and what we need to see from Quinn for him to be the top quarterback uh, in this draft, in this upcoming draft class. And not this upcoming draft class, but then in 2025 uh, for Quinn Ewers. What will it take for him to make that type of improvement? Because he's got a chance to be. I mean, that's what he always projected to be. I mean, he was the highest rated recruit in the, in, in the, in the history of modern recruiting. So he does project to be a 1-1 guy. Um, I think he's gotten a lot better. What other uh, areas does he need to improve in to be considered the top quarterback in the draft class? We'll talk about that. Next time we do that, uh, coming up in the 8 o'clock hour, we're talking Texas football all year round here on Hook 'em Up with Ian Rod B. As we roll on, we'll get some what the facts coming up. Uh, also, the uh, Texas basketball team with a nice win last night. wasn't pretty, but it was a W. We'll talk more about that with Rodney Terry's squad getting a W on home floor last night. We'll get to uh, all of it, plus what the facts coming next on Hook 'em Up with Ian Rod B. Aaron Hogan. 
Rod Babers. Hook them up. 1019 AM 1260. The Horn. Rolling through a Tuesday, 20 February on Hook Em Up with Ian Rod B. We'll reset the headlines top of the hour, including that Longhorn win last night at Moody Center. If you're part of that sellout crowd. Thanks for being there. Had to sit through quite the ugly basketball game, but hey. the Longhorns got the win. Uh, found a way. Sellout crowd at the mood on a, on a Monday night. Had to wait till 8 o'clock or afterwards for, for the tip time. Just but you were there and showed up, and the Longhorns get a nice win. We'll talk about it. You can hit us up on the text line, 512-447-3776 on this Tuesday. Rod, it is uh, time for What the Facts. And I think what it's safe to say based facts. on this, if, if this report is accurate, it is a fact that uh, Lake Travis's own Baker Mayfield is going to be on the free agent market because according to Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, nice. the Buccaneers are expected to use their franchise tag on Antoine Winfield. Yeah. Which now, again, yeah, that's going to be big. Yeah. yeah. They put Antoine Winfield with a franchise tag, their Pro Bowl safety. Now they could work out a deal with Baker Mayfield, you know, free agent wise before he hits it, but if they don't get a deal done, Baker Mayfield could be on the market. What would mm-hmm. his uh, market. What would his market look like if if Tampa I, lets him get there? I if he is the market, I think he does have value. Uh, there are a lot of teams. Hell, the Pittsburgh Steelers they need an upgrade at quarterback. Hell, the the Falcons, you know, depending on what they want to do with the draft New pick, New England. Like, I mean, yeah, depending on what your plan is at quarterback, whether you're going into the draft and you think you can get one of the top quarterbacks in the draft, and if not, you need another bridge so you can get to another year of quarterback evaluation. I think he holds tremendous value. He had his best year. He won a playoff game. He did beat the Eagles. and uh, He's proven he can win playoff games with, with multiple organizations. How many quarterbacks have even done that? Yeah. I mean, that's that's something hard to do. I, I'm I'm with you, man. I I think he has a lot of value if they let him hit the uh, the open market. And, and they can't do that, though. They would have to. I mean, what's their plan? Yeah. That, well, you well, wonder. What's with, their plan at quarterback if they well, do that? Well, you kind of wonder with Tampa is, you know, they won their Super Bowl with Tom Brady. And now you got Baker Mayfield, Mike Evans, Antoine Winfield. You're going to tag Winfield. And do they do they get in, they begin the rebuild kind of thing? It could be, and maybe that's why you let Baker go because Baker keeps you in contention. Or is this a Jared Goff situation where he's you, you resign him and he's your you thought he was your bridge quarterback and he might just be your quarterback? I, I don't. I, I am not in. You got a quarterback that won a playoff game. I don't. That is strange. I got to go see. I mean, how often that has happened where a quarterback won a playoff game and then they let him hit the open market. Yeah, well, you wonder where the negotiations are. I know they've been talking. I know Baker had to, you know, enjoy playing there. But remember, but if, his it off- is, if it is a rebuild, you're right. That makes perfect sense. Well, remember, his offensive coordinator uh, took the, yeah. the Carolina Panthers head coaching job. So there's change there. You might not have Mike Evans next year. I mean, there's a lot of change happening there. That's that an older team. And, That's true. You know, if you're Baker, do you want to go? Some Atlanta Falcons could use a quarterback, for crying out loud, yeah, better well, than Desmond Ritter. There's so many teams that could use a quarterback. Yeah, and if you're, really one, of the, if you're one of the few on the market, Man. That's a valuable place to be. I don't know. I, I'm with you. I, I don't know how they could justify that unless, boom, like you said, they're, they're rebuilding, and that's the justification. Like, no, nah, I mean, we, it's time. It's, it's time. It's time for us to rebuild. We're going to, you know, and that, yeah, in, in franchise tag and Antoine Winfield, I mean, I knew it could happen, um, but it does show you about what their intentions may be. Because, um, I mean, you can't use it on your quarterback, like I said, because the quarterback, the number, the tag number is just Yeah, the, the average of the top five quarterbacks it's, it's is absurd. a huge yeah, guaranteed so number. You, so you can't franchise tag, and you'd have to sign him to, you know, a deal. And I could see Baker probably wanting a, spoil the market. Yeah, well, this is his best year ever. He's coming off his best year. 
This is what this is you this time to cash in. Cash in. Yeah, you can't go on you can't go uh low ball and, and get below market value now. Today is the day the franchise tags can begin to be used if deals aren't worked out. Yeah. So uh so these you may see some of those are happening everywhere. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, about what I mean and, and there'll be some guys who'll get cut that you just don't expect to get cut. For You're right teams. about that. Some big time players. Uh, okay, I got a what the fact. It's a strange one here. How about this one? Uh, 2024 was nearly the first season in NFL history where every single field goal or extra point was held by a punter. Of the 2,345 what? place kicks this season, just three of the 2,345 place kicks this season featured a non-punter as the holder. Let that sink in. How about that? That's just a random fact, though. That is see? a random yeah, all your all your your kicks, all your uh, your your holders are now punters. Basically, it's like a weird transition that's happened. When did it that happen, be, though? I know, but they used to be quarterbacks. Used to be quarterbacks. Used, like used to be backup, used to be backup QB. But you know what's happened? The backup QBs play too much now. Yeah, because everybody gets hurt. Everybody gets hurt. <laughs> we've had we've had a record number of backup quarterbacks play the last couple of years, so that's a big part of it. But even before then, it was already transitioning. It is, isn't it a weird thing, John? When I was that's in strange. high school, that's that's when I first kind of noticed it. I think it's I think it's more till like practice time because you don't have to take away the backup quarterback to do holding. Duties. That's true. They hang out together. So yeah, much, so it's huh? like the punters. It's like when when you're not doing it, when you're not punting, you might as well work on holding kind of kind of situation. No, that's a good point. That's that's actually really good. Yeah, it's just such a weird. Like I said, it's a weird. Yeah, but it also there. like it, is, it takes away. It takes away from what you can do fake wise. I guess. Hey, you, you know what? One non non athlete out there. Exactly, but I'll tell you what. Why what you're talking about makes a lot of sense because they've they've decreased all the practice time at at each level of football. Yeah. So more and more, it's like, man, let them guys, to maximize practice time, y'all do y'all thing up there with the kickers. Because oh, I've talked to the kickers. I've talked to Bert Arvin. He's like, we work on our own. Yeah. A lot of times, coaching, you know, they're, they're the only position, really, the kickers are that work kind of isolated with even out coaching. It's like independent coaching a lot of times. They're just going through reps of things over and over again. That's that's an interesting factoid and what the facts here hey, on a Tuesday man. morning. How about this fact? You know, uh, Ty is a, uh, an aspiring sports gambler. Yeah. Did you see the former Cowboys wide receiver Des Bryant? How about this over He's the weekend? Heater. Yes. He's on a either. Des Bryant, who has uh, um, been known to be an avid sports better since his playing days ended. I like it. In a post to Twitter, or X, Bryant showed off that he won a $416,970 in a massive 13-leg college basketball parlay. Hold up. 13-leg? 13-leg parlay. Damn. He's got a guy. He, he's he, got a guy. How, many, how many things can you put on a parlay? As many as you as want. As many as you want. Damn, I didn't know that. I thought he had a I mean, limit on it or something. And my man Des may have a problem because he, he posted it to the Twitter and some of the picks he made. Santa Clara on the money line, Wyoming on the money line, Pepperdine on the money line, Nevada on the money line, uh, Colorado, all part of his 13-leg college basketball parlay. 13 legs? That made Come him on, 416. Man. And if you don't know what a part, I mean, to, to make 13 wow. bets, he's, they all have to hit. They all kind of hit. You can go 12-1 and one and you lose the bet. So the house is like, hell yeah, the more you oh, report, the, the more love bets, the better. He, they I love saw them. he uh, posted another one yesterday where he had, like, women's basketball, like, tennis, and, like, soccer in it, too. And people were like, I, it, he, somebody's giving him some information because there's no way Des Bryant is paying attention that like th- to all these random sports that much. I mean, Maybe it's pure he wants luck. to be a pro better. Hey, I bet Maybe on these things to. all the time, but I'm just like, it's like flipping a coin for me. You know, it's it, that's just to get the – 
get the get the need to, to place a bet out. I haven't been as bad recently, as y'all know, but I did. I was one speak of parlays, one one leg away from a thousand dollars on the uh, on the NBA All Star Game prop prop bets this weekend. So. Did you take the over? No, I, I bet on a bunch of individual players. I was it was on underdog actually. No, the overs always underdog hit. fantasy. Take overs. the hires. Overs thirteen and three uh, in the NBA All Star Game since two thousand nine. I think so. Hey now, Take all right, it. Des, way to go, man. Four hundred sixteen G's. Damn. Ooh. I need nice. to get I need to get y'all's thoughts on the three point shootout that happened too. Oh yeah, I want to get your, yeah I want to hear what Ty's got to say about that. Get into it. I thought it was a hit. Yeah, we'll also get into hit. We'll also yeah. get into Adam Silver's problem because uh, the commissioner of the NBA. You could see how disgusted he was when he was presenting the trophy. He was because he because he he encouraged the players to play hard on the All Star game, play say, defense. Uh, Please, no. we need it. Nope. Our TV partners are mad. No one's watching it, and the players are like. Sorry, boss. Sorry, boss. (laughs) We ain't playing no D. (laughs) Hook him up with Ian Rodby.